Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. And on today's episode, we are going to talk all about the Cybertruck. It's been a bit more than a week since the Cybertruck was uh, officially delivered to eight lucky people. And uh, yeah, we, some more information trickled out, and I thought we would go ahead and talk about that. Now, going into the new year, just letting everybody know... <laughs> There's there's a lot. There is a lot going on in, in my household right now, and um, I don't have a lot of time, so I'm trying to put these shows together where I can. I'm also trying to clear out my queue for things that I wanted to talk about, so I might be releasing at least maybe next week uh, three episodes, uh, maybe three episodes the week after that. We'll just kind of have to see how it goes. I do want to take a little bit of time off for the holidays. You'll still get episodes, but I've got some things planned for that as well. All right, let's talk about the Cybertruck. First of all, um, in preparation for this episode, I, I read quite a few articles. I didn't take everything from those articles. A lot of the stuff that's being written is... Um, not bad information, just not confirmed stuff. Like, we think this is going to happen. We think that's going to happen. I try to stay away from from that kind of thing, like predicting what's going to happen in 2025 for the Cybertruck and how many Teslas they're going to produce or how many Cybertrucks they're going to produce. I, I didn't think any of that kind of thing was really relevant or useful for what we're, what we're trying to do here. Um, I did go to, uh, watch three videos from two people I trust. First, Sandy Monroe sat down with Elon, and they discussed the Cybertruck, and they discussed some other things, too. They really only talked about four or five things in about a 45-minute uh, episode. 
And you don't have to worry. I'm not going to talk for 45 minutes, nor am I going to recap that entire episode. I'm just going to take some of the things that I thought were interesting and expand on them. I also watched Marquez Brownlee's uh, 45-minute drive uh, episode, his review of the Cybertruck uh, production vehicle. I think it's a pre-production vehicle, the one that he had, but it's pretty close to the production. Uh, same with Sandy Monroe. Sandy had a pre-production, almost production Cybertruck to to play with. They're probably the same truck, if not uh, built within a few days of each other. Anyway, so I'm going to take all of that information from all of those sources, plus articles that I read that I thought were interesting, and we're just going to kind of go over the Cybertruck and talk a little bit about, a little a bit more about some things that we kind of already knew, but add some more context. And then some of these things might be brand new to you. So hopefully this episode is interesting, which is what I'm trying to get at. Let's go ahead and dive into the 48 volt architecture for the Cybertruck. Now, I'm realizing as I'm telling you this, that I had an electrical engineer on 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 my computer or on my uh i was talking to an electrical engineer today about something completely different steve sheridan is going to be on the show uh not next week but the week after and we were pre-recording that and man should i have been more prepared because he would have probably been a lot more um informative than (laughs) than i'm going to be for you uh that 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 was a missed bet But I didn't start writing the show until 7 p.m., so I didn't know I was going to be talking about 48-volt architectures. I I knew I was going to be talking about the Cybertruck. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is I'm a bad host and I'm rambling, so let's stay on track. What is the advantage of having this 48-volt architecture at a very high level? Because I just explained, uh, one, I'm not a very good podcast host, and two... I'm definitely not an electrical engineer or somebody that knows a lot about electricity. So here we go. Uh, The higher voltage, 48 volt versus 12 volt, which is in most cars, is provides less resistance loss, which means less heat. Uh, It takes away some of the complication. It takes away uh, some of the weight for that wiring harness. Um, As cars become rolling computers, there's a strain being put on that 12-volt battery system. And it's adding complexity that the 12-volt system, which has been around for God only knows how long. It started with a 6-volt system, and I think in the 60s they started putting 12-volt batteries in, something like that. I might be a little wrong on that. But uh, the 12-volt system wasn't designed for all the complexity that we have in modern cars. And Tesla is actually even using on the Cybertruck and I think the Model 3 Highland, definitely in their future cars, they're using Ethernet cables as a conduit of information and power uh, to easily flow from hardware 4 computer or hardware 5, whatever, whatever it happens to be in the future, to all the little accessories like brake lights and sensors and things like that. And that not only allows them to shrink those wires down, which reduces weight and, again, complexity, complexity, but it also allows for more information to be traveling along those same lines. 
Now, when Elon and Sandy were sitting down for their interview, Sandy asked him how difficult was it to change from 12 volt to 48 volt. And Elon said that it was difficult, but not for the reasons that you might think. Peripheral items, uh, they need to be able to interface for with 48 volts. So they need to be designed to work on 48 volts. And if a, if a peripheral item, um, I'm trying to think of something in your car other than a brake light, but we use a, a brake light as this example because, again, not a very good podcast, those. Um, if, if this brake light was designed for a 12 volt system and Tesla has a 48 volt system, well, they got to drop that, that voltage down to 12 volts for that brake light. And again, that adds complications, that adds cost. Um, it's just a whole lot easier to have everything on 48, uh, everything compatible, compatible with a 48 volt system. Unfortunately, uh, 48 volt systems aren't 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 the norm 12 volt systems are and if you're a supplier for a for a company if you supply brake lights and everybody uses 12 volt uh, brake lights and some one company wants you to design a 48 volt brake light uh, you're either a going to charge a lot of money for it because you're not going to sell a lot of them or b um, you're just not going to do it for them so in an effort to get the automotive industry on board with 48 volts uh, architecture, they Elon sent out a pamphlet to auto industry CEOs, uh, kind of outlining what Tesla is doing with their 48 volt architecture, and this benefits Tesla to give this away for a couple different reasons. This is one, the more automakers who get on board with this to get on the 48 volt train, the more suppliers are going to be build 48 volt parts. Tesla builds a lot of stuff itself, but it can't build everything itself. It's not cost efficient and it doesn't scale. So they need suppliers to build 48 volt peripherals. Um, and the other thing is, is a lot of these automakers already have 48 volt plans uh, somewhere, whether it was 20 years ago, they, they drew something up and then they put it in the archives because it just wasn't ready yet or it was too expensive. Um, Sandy Monroe uh, blamed marketing people and people with uh, uh, business degrees <laughs> as to why uh, 48 volts uh, systems did not thrive uh, when they were first brought up by engineers a, a long, long time ago. But Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, actually thanked Elon on X and said that Tesla's spec was very close to the spec that Ford engineers are working on, which does not surprise me at all. I would imagine that there might be a variety of different ways to implement this, but they're all probably pretty close to the same. Again, not an electrical engineer, but I'm guessing. Uh, in Going back to the interview with Sandy Monroe and Elon, Sandy actually asked Elon, "Hey, what was the what was the holdup with the Cybertruck? Why did it take so long?" And Elon went into, you know, there was a pandemic, and then after the pandemic, there was a chip shortage and part shortage. The Cybertruck has something like ten thousand different parts and processes that need to be in place to actually build the car. Um, and Tesla honestly held off on building the Cybertruck because they didn't even have enough parts to build the cars that they were they had already designed and, and were currently building. They didn't want to 
uh, ramp up a new model and only be able to build a few of them because they couldn't get the parts. Um, and Elon did say that they could have added complexity to the Cybertruck, like maybe they went with the 12-volt system, for instance, and that would have made it easier to build the Cybertruck, but it wouldn't have been what they wanted. And uh, somewhere along the lines, and I don't know if it was at this part or some other part, Elon said in the interview that, you know, with the Model 3 and the Model Y, Tesla really needed they couldn't experiment much. You know, they, 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 their hands were tied in when they were producing those vehicles because Tesla was, was on the verge of bankruptcy. They needed to produce a good car, an affordable car, but it also needed, um, it needed to make money. They couldn't, they couldn't go too crazy with it, I guess is what I'm saying. And he's, uh, Elon said, you know, Tesla's not in that position anymore, and they can take more risks with the Cybertruck. And I will say, one of the things that I do admire about Tesla is they do take risks. And that is a... Um, that that is that is something that I like seeing as a consumer. Now, if you are a stockholder of Tesla, you may not like seeing that. But as somebody who who you know follows the company, owns one of their cars, and and is a fan of electric vehicles, I like it when people take risks. Let's see. in In the Sandy Monroe interview, they also talked a little bit about the low cost twenty five thousand dollar Tesla. Elon said that they're pretty far along in the process. He didn't want to talk a, a lot about it um, because of uh, SEC rules. But he did say that they were going to start production in Texas and then move it uh, to Mexico. Now, I thought they said this in an, in an earnings call, but this is being reported like it's um, like it's new news. So maybe it is or maybe it isn't. I, I was under the understanding that they were going to start in Texas anyway. Um, and wait for the Mexico plant to be built. All right, enough of the interview. Let's go ahead and move on to um, the reviews. And the two reviews that I watched were Sandy Monroe's review, which was about, I want to say it was about 10 minutes long. And then Marquez Brownlee's interview was about 45 minutes long. When Sandy drove the truck, it was rainy and foggy. Um, he had a hard time with the side mirrors fogging up, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. When Marquez drove the truck, it was you know a nice, clear, sunny day. So let's start with driving. One of the first things that both reviewers mentioned when driving the car is there is no rear view mirror because when the tonneau cover is for the vault is closed, you can't see out the back anyway. So there's actually a camera on the tailgate that looks back and that is your rear view mirror. And on the screen, on that big, beautiful 18 and a half inch screen in the, the center of the, the Cybertruck, that is where your rear view mirror is. Um, I don't know. I kind of, you see some pictures of it when they were doing the review. I don't know that I would like it there. Marquez Brownlee says that you get used to it instead of looking up, you just look down, but it really feels like, um, it really feels like it's more natural to look up where your, where a rear view mirror would be and have a screen there. But uh, they, they don't have that. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
they both said that the the vehicle handles really well, has tight turning radius, great visibility, no big blind spots. Um, when Sandy was driving, like I said, it was rainy, foggy, and muddy. The side view mirrors were not great. They kept fogging up and getting dirty. But he was able, if he put on his blinker, he was able to get a nice uh, wide view from that camera on the side, so whether it was the left or the right, and that was always good. The mirror on the, or the, excuse me, the camera on the back where that would act as your rear view mirror, that one had a lot of dirt on it. They cleaned it off at least one time, maybe a couple of times, but it kept getting schmutz on it, and it wasn't great to see out of, according to Sandy. Uh, Marquez had nothing bad to say about it, but again, his was in the daytime. Um, let's see, great visibility. The steer-by-wire works really well. So with steer-by-wire, the steering wheel isn't connected to the wheels with a steering shaft. So when you turn your car, the computer is telling the wheels how much to turn. And I'm going to keep this really basic because I've not had an opportunity to experience what this feels like. Because with the Cybertruck, you have the wheels in the front that turn and the wheels in the back that turn, um, which gives it that really tight turning radius that we were talking about earlier. Uh, Basically, depending on how fast you're going, uh, the car makes adjustments on how much your wheels turn versus how much you turn your steering wheel. It's like it. At lower speeds, it does one thing. At higher speeds, it does another. Marquez said that it takes a little bit to get used to it, but it's it's not bad. It's just different. But I guess Toyota and some other companies are also trying steer-by-wire. So um, we'll probably see this in more and more cars going forward. The By removing that steering shaft, that also frees up some space and some weight as well. All right, that's the driving part. Let's move to the exterior of the car and talk about the frunk. The frunk is not as big as initially promised, but the frunk is motorized, so it's got a power lift on the front. You can carry uh, two carry-on bags laying flat. That's how much room you have, and that is pretty tight on the frunk. So it's not it's not like no space. You could probably throw some golf clubs in there, but you're not throwing full-size luggage in your frunk. It's just not gonna happen. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But you have plenty of room in your vault, which is what we're going to talk about next. In the vault, you have a trap door. So uh, once you raise the tunnel cover and you lower the... Um, back tailgate there's a like a little um sub trunk so you lift up this flap and underneath it is a nice deep frunk it it's actually looks pretty roomy you could also i guess fill this thing up with ice and use it as an ice chest there's a little drain in there or you could put really expensive tools that you don't want stolen in there and uh, hopefully nobody knows that they uh that that little hideaway exists uh mentioned the tonneau cover it supports 300 pounds. A 300-pound person can apparently stand on one leg on this tunnel cover, and it'll be fine. It's also motorized, so that's nice. Inside the bed, you have some lighting. There's power outlets, 120 and 240. You got latch points, a bottle cap opener for some reason. Um, moving over to the door handles, there are no door handles. You have to push, push a button on the B post or C post, which is similar to the Mach E. Uh, let's see. It has the one humongous windshield wiper. The mirrors are removable. Uh, Tesla has to sell the car with mirrors, but if somebody wants to take them off, they're easy to remove. And then there's a, a camera just below the front on the on the front of the truck, facing forward. Now they mentioned that the camera is there, but they didn't really say what it did. So not really sure uh, what the use case is. I would imagine you can activate it, and as you're pulling into a parking space or something, you can see how close you are. Uh, going back into the interior, the interior is clean and simple. There's plenty of headroom in the back seat, plenty of room in, in the car just in general. Uh, both reviewers mentions that the seats were really comfortable. There is blind spot monitoring lights in the pillar, um, in the A pillar. So if you are, you know, cruising down the road, you can look over and if there's a light lit up, if there's somebody in your blind spot, it's a red light. So that's really cool. There's a decent amount of door storage and center console storage. Like we mentioned before, that 18-inch screen with a 9.5-inch screen in the back. There's really cool ambient lighting, a lot of different speakers. And I thought this was neat. The Cybertruck doesn't have a stock like the Model 3 and the Model Y do in the earlier Model S and X where you change your gears. Um, right above where the rear view mirror would be, there's a little strip and it's got a P, an R, an N, and a D. So you push which one you want it to, uh, which, if you want to be in reverse or neutral or drive, you just push it with your finger and it, it's a uh, touch capacitive and it's not a button, but it puts you in drive and you can also use the touch screen if you want. 
I don't know how useful that is, but it was it was kind of neat. Um, there's the back seats fold up for storage, so that's cool. Uh, there's lots of different controls on the steering wheel. You can control the blinkers, windshield wiper, that kind of thing. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to save crashworthiness until the end. Let's talk about software. The software is Cybertruck themed, as you can imagine. Uh, if you're just sitting in the truck, there's a big Cybertruck in the middle of the screen, and you can spin the Cybertruck around with your with your finger, and you can select certain touch points. Like if you select the vault, you can choose to open the vault, close the vault. You can select different ride heights, that kind of thing. If you want to see your navigation screen, you sw- swipe from the right to the left, and that will bring up your navigation screen. Uh, it's got some other neat features like wade mode, which is Elon called it boat mode, where you can cross um, a body of water and avoid damage in your car. This setting can be found in your off-road Baja uh, section. It raises, so if you, if you enable wade mode, it raises the ride height of the truck and it pressurizes the battery. I don't know what it pressurizes the battery with, uh, but it pressurizes the battery. And when the driver drives through water, it, it doesn't damage the vehicle. I think this is a good thing if you're off-road and you're crossing a creek or a stream. I still want to reiterate, please do not cross lakes, ponds, or oceans because uh, somebody's going to get hurt. And I would hate for that to happen. Uh, in Then in terms of the reviews, if you want to watch these reviews yourself, Inside EVs had an article with the best Cybertruck reviews. I'm going to put a link to all of the reviews in the show notes, but I'm also going to put a link to that article just in case you are interested as well. Now let's go to crash worthiness here. I got to go back up. Where did I leave it? All right, here it is. I've mentioned several times on this show that I have some concerns when it comes to the Cybertruck and car accidents. And some safety experts also have some concerns when it comes to car accidents. Reuters spoke with six safety professionals in the automotive industry uh, when it comes to to car accidents, and they viewed Tesla's videos of the crash test for the Cybertruck. And here are some of their concerns. Uh, First of all, pedestrian safety. Believe it or not, most modern cars, if not all modern cars, are designed to protect not only the occupants inside, but also pedestrians in in the event of an accident. So let's pretend... Uh, You're coming through an intersection, somebody steps out on the crosswalk, and you strike them, heaven forbid. The car is actually designed to minimize, not eliminate, but minimize the injury done to that pedestrian. So the the hood of the bumpers, first of all, are designed to kind of uh, redirect some of that energy um, instead of going directly into the person's knees. Uh, it'll kind of flip you up onto the hood. And then the hood is actually designed to be a little bit of a soft landing for you. Um, and then, you know, hopefully everything turns out uh, for, for the good and not for the bad if this happens to you or somebody else, right? So the concerns that these safety experts have is that the Cybertruck's exoskeleton and stainless steel hard inflexible uh, 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 panels 
are actually going to cause more damage to people because the energy, instead of being absorbed into the car a little bit, so when the car hits the person, some of that energy, the, the car absorbs a little bit of that energy, I guess is the best way to put that. Well, with the Cybertruck, you have that stiff metal, and it's not going to, um, it's not going to absorb that energy. So I, I'm I'm trying very hard to figure out a way on an audio podcast to make this make sense. So what I would like you to do is I'd like to take your your right hand, if you don't mind, and if you're not driving, and make a thumbs up. Right now, loosen up your four fingers. Okay, so this um, your right hand is the car. Now take your left hand and kind of push it into your fingers on your right hand. You'll notice that your fingers kind of just kind of like bend in and absorb, right? Your your left hand feels that impact, but it's not not that big of a deal. Okay? So that first example is if you were just going to get hit by any modern car or a pedestrian, not you specifically, was going to get hit by a car, that that's that's kind of the idea that I'm trying to get across is, yeah, there's an impact there. Yeah, it could hurt if you hit it hard enough, but it, there's some give, right? Now take your take your right hand, make that thumbs up again, and then take your fingers and kind of like curl them up so your fingers aren't touching your palm and you're not making a fist. It's almost like your your knuckles, your second knuckles are kind of pointy. So make that nice and rigid with your right hand and your left hand, just keep it flat like you would, and then hit it at the same speed that you were doing with our, our first fist. And you notice that that hurts quite a bit more. And that's, that's kind of what would happen to someone if they were hit by the Cybertruck. Like there's not a lot of flex, if any flex uh, for a human in that super hard stainless steel. Like they had, they had to, uh, to create machines to stamp it because it was breaking other machines, other uh, metal stamping machines. So that's 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 one part of it, right? Um, hopefully that makes sense. I apologize if it doesn't. Another concern with the Cybertruck is that it has limited, if any, crumple zones. And what a crumple zone is, as we've talked about this in the past, is when a vehicle gets into an accident, the crumple zone absorbs the energy, pushes the energy around the compartment as much as it possibly can. Well, if you have two cars that get into an accident, both of those cars have crumple zones, and they are going to absorb a lot of that energy. Um and hopefully everybody's going to be okay. With a Cybertruck, that's not clear if that's going to be the case. So a long time ago, when I was a new firefighter, and a car would catch on fire, they would always say, don't stand in front of the bumper, because the bumper has uh, gas-filled shocks. And when those shocks heat up, the bumper will blow off the car, and it could take your legs out, right? I have never seen that, by the way, not one time I've never seen that happen. I did see a bumper pop once when I was fighting a fire and it popped out about two or three inches. It startled me because I startle easily, uh, which is a fun thing for firefighters to do. Walk around the corner and, and scream at me and I'll always yell um, like a, like a child. But um, that that's just something they like to do. It's a hobby they have and I'm not going to stop them. Anyway, the, there's, it's possible that there's some sort of shock 
uh, absorber behind those metal um, panels. It's possible. I don't know how effective they would be. Really, at this point, we just have to wait for a teardown to know exactly how um, an independent crash test to know exactly how this is going to work. But I have another example for you. <laughs> so in the example uh, for the Cybertruck versus a modern car, I would like you to, you know, two thumbs up, uh, if you don't mind, on one on your left and one on your right. The, and then loosely um, have your fingers just kind of sitting there loosely and then just kind of run your hand into uh, the other hand. And you'll notice that the impact, not that big of a deal, right? It, it, it can hurt, but it's not that big of a deal. Now take your right hand, make a fist or whatever you made last time. It's up to you. And then hit your hit your left hand with it. You will notice that the impact is quite a bit more. So that that's the that's the the idea behind the Cybertruck and this exoskeleton. Is it going to cause more injuries? Is it going to cause more deaths? Because the Cybertruck is going to, it's not likely going to absorb much of the energy from that crash. It's going to deliver more than it absorbs. Um, and that could be dangerous uh, because when these cars were built and being designed, not the Cybertrucks, but every other car, um, they weren't planning on running them into effectively a train. So, um, be interesting to see what happens uh, as we see more of these on the roads. And hopefully the, hopefully the fist example made sense and not, uh, was not a waste of your time. Anyway, uh, let's see here. We talked about software <laughs> moving on. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we got for the Cybertruck, and we're at 30 minutes. I do want to tell you real quick that Tesla is releasing their holiday update, and some people are very disappointed in this for some reason. I don't know why. It seems silly to be disappointed that your car gets more features, but I guess it's not as many as they wanted. But let's go through some of these new features. First of all, custom lock sounds. So when you lock your car door, you can get a custom sound, normally the horn beeps, but you can get a screaming goat or any other juvenile uh, noise that you can think of, I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, that's cool. I, I wouldn't mind having a screaming goat uh, custom lock sound. If your car has a rear touch screen, you can play games on it now, which seems like you should have been able to do that before, but okay. You can also connect Bluetooth headphones um, in the back so passengers in the back can hear um, um, a movie while they're watching it or play games without distracting the driver and whoever else is up front. But again, you got to have that rear touch screen. The Apple Podcast app is coming, which is really exciting because I don't like the TuneIn app at all. Even even the uh, podcasts that I have saved in the TuneIn app don't play the current um, episodes, and that's really frustrating. And it's not easy always to get to all of the episodes to you know get the one you you actually wanted to listen to. There's a new trip planner, so you can make uh, plan a trip with multiple stops in the app, and then you just send that to your car. That's actually been on the table for a while. Uh, you'll get notifications of speed cameras when you're navigating en route. 
Uh, you also get notifications of traffic lights and stop signs. So that's pretty cool. If you're in an accident and airbags are deployed, 911 is called automatically. You don't have to do anything there. There's also some blind spot indicators. The camera will alert you with a with red shading with your turn signal. Uh, Red shading when your turn signal is on and a car is detected in your blind spot. I actually love this because the mirrors on the Model Y are so tiny. I find it very difficult uh, sometimes to feel like I'm safely uh, merging into a different lane. Uh, I feel very sketchy. It feels very sketchy. I don't feel sketchy. It feels sketchy. More live sentry mode cameras. So when you're on the app and you're viewing it, you can see uh, you now have access to the left and right pillar cameras for a total of seven different angles. Um, I sometimes use this feature. Uh, I don't. It's mostly just to show it off. I almost never go into the camera mode. There's a new light show. It's it's thunderous. Uh, it's called The Arrival. I'm looking forward to that. There's a new game called Castle Doombad. Uh, there's also an update to Beach Buggy, Polytopia, and Vampire Survivors. And then there's High Fidelity Park Assist. So it'll 3D reconstruction of your surroundings while you're parking. That's, that, that's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. So I am not going to poo-poo this update. I think it's cool. And it's my first holiday update, so don't ruin my joy. All right, everybody. That is it for me this episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you found this informative and entertaining. If you didn't, let me know. But if you did, let me know. I'd like to, I'd like to know is what I'm saying. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital, which is also X. You can also find me uh, on, on my email, which is Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. I want to thank you all so much for hanging out, listening to me yammer on. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.